Hello and welcome to this week's Red Robin podcast, which is powered by 360 Chartered Accountants and Budget Size Auto Centre and presented by me, Chris Johnson. This week I'm joined by a stellar lineup of Rovers fans with Carl Smith, Craig Eskert, James Perlin and Mark Lever all featuring this evening. And what a bumper episode we have in store for you. Firstly, we go over all the big talking points for our Challenge Cup quarter-final victory over the Castleford Tigers, which leaves the Robins just one game from the final at Tottenham. And then we look ahead to Good Friday and our rivals round fixture against our bitter rivals, Hull FC, as we welcome the black and white to Craven Park for the first time since 2019. Lads, we've got loads to get through, not least the news that Tony Smith has apparently opened up contract talks with the club. But before we get into any of that, I want to know what your favourite Derby memory or moment is. And James, I'll start with you. Oh, gosh. Um, I think... It's the uh, one where uh, James Webster dropped a girl in the last minute in, in, into the teeth of a howling gale uh, in towards the South Terrace. And all the bin dippers were uh, getting huddled together, trying to keep warm and uh, the hail. It was, it was just unbelievable drop girl. It was, it was probably the scruffiest drop girl ever. You just literally go over the bar, but that was just, yeah, just, just outstanding. Yeah. And, and then uh, them early days of Super League, they always felt a bit more important, didn't they? They always yeah. seemed a bit more to get them victory. What about you, yeah. Mark? I think the playoff at the uh, KC, I think when we're beating, was it 21 4, something like that? Or Scott Morell and everybody, do you know? Just the away end that day was bouncing uh, that nut in uh, the KC there. So that's one I'll take with me. It was just the passion of Scotty Morell, really, Ben Kikane, that brought us all together a bit, didn't it? Yeah, yeah and if, if there was one player who, who really stood out in a derby, it was Scott Morell, wasn't it? He seemed to, for a lad who was from outside of the city, he really bought into it. And, yeah, absolutely. Him. Now he's, he's featured on that old podcast before. He, he absolutely loves it. He's, he still classes himself as a Rovers fan, and he, and he definitely uh, he definitely um, played well in them derbies. What about you, Craig? I was actually going to say the one that James had said. Uh, yeah. Well, my second favourite one was the Magic Weekend with uh, David Hodgson. Like I know it was in Manchester, but the the Rovers fans that when David Hodgson went through, it just went absolutely mental. I'll never forget that moment. And I, it was better because I was with uh, my mate who was an FC fan. Oh, without doubt then, yeah. You get a chance to rub it in really well there, don't you? Cal, what about you? Yeah, Craig, Craig just took the uh, words out of my mouth there. I'd, I'd second what Craig said. I think I think the uh, the fact of that, he literally went, you know, obviously straight in front of me and you and obviously was so... Uh, was so drunk, it was great. So, yeah, that, that one for me. Yeah, I always remember that one about the... Uh, the after scenes um, in the concourse at the Etihad. I don't think Rovers yeah. fans wanted to leave, did they? I think there was partying uh, nearly all night there. So it was, uh, yeah, that was a really good one. But before we go into the derby, we're going to discuss our quarterfinal victory over the Castleford Tigers, which of course we won 34 points to 10. Uh, Rovers lined up like this with Lachlan Coote at fullback, Jimmy Kynos and Sam Wood out on the right, Sean Kenny Dowell and Ryan Hall on the left, Mikey Lewis and Rowan Milnes lined up in the halves. With Will Mars starting at prop, Matty Parcell at hooker, George King, the other prop, Frankie Holton, Kane Lynette, and Elliot Minchella. Interchanges were interestingly Jordan Abdul, Matty Stoughton, Jez Litton, and Greg Richards. Before we're going to discuss the game, obviously there's a few notable absentees in that. There was a, I didn't actually realise until um, uh, about an hour before that the reserves were actually playing at the same time as that. We saw uh, Corbin Sims, uh, Brad Takarangi made his first. Uh, played his first game since obviously coming back into the fold. Uh, it was a strong lineup with um, Ethan Ryan also playing. Will Dagger uh, got a run out. Uh, one player though, uh, James, I'll come to you first. How surprised was you to see Corbin Sims in the reserves lineup and not in the in the um, in the squad for for Friday night? Yeah, I must admit I was quite surprised as well. Like I say, like you, know, I don't think I really realised until um, later on and sort of looking through the uh, the Twitter feed and they had the reserve team up and Corbin Sims was on there. I thought, wow, and the, the reserve team actually looked pretty strong. And I thought, I thought he probably would have given Sims a run out on on Friday because you know he'd put him on for twenty minutes against um, against against Warrington. Um, 
and I thought, well, they might have just give him a bit more of a run out, you know, particularly with uh, Garrett being uh, out 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 the scene, um, and then just going into the rather than going into the, the uh, tie with just uh, with what was relative, I thought it was quite a light bench in the end uh, with Abdul on the bench. But uh, yeah, I, I was very surprised Sims wasn't on, in the team. Yeah, and we'll come on to um, uh, squad for for the whole uh, game on Friday later on, but obviously. Um, you know, there's a few absentees from there and some returning players. But the Robin started with purpose last Friday and looked like they could blow away the Tigers in similar fashion to the way that they dispatched Warrington last week. And Rovers were on the score sheet after just four minutes when Rowan Milne's grubber kick was pounced on by Elliot Minchella with Lachlan Coote then adding the extras. Paul McShane's kick out on the full from the uh, gave the Robins field position and they appeared to make it count when Minchella crossed up crashed over from a short ball. However, it was referred to the video referee who surprisingly ruled it out. How surprised was you, Craig, not to see that try awarded because uh, Super League games gone by, I know this was a Challenge Cup, but we, we often see them given, don't we, especially with the, the referee awarding it as a try. How surprised was you to see it not awarded? Um, well, at the time when I was looking at the big screen, I actually thought it, it was a try. Um, then I watched it back when I got home. I'm still bewildered as why it was disallowed. I know they said he was short, um, but the referee actually gave the try and he was right in, in front. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was I was pretty shocked by that. Yeah, and that preceded a bit of castle for dominance with Ryan Hall. First of all, seen off an attack from Jake Mamo after he kicked through. And then the Tigers created an overlap for Greg Eden, but he was forced into touch and his offload went forward before another overlap was spent by Farimo's knock-on. A KI high kick into the corner in 20, 20 minutes was juggled by several players, though, before Milnes kept his cool amid the chaos to produce another supply, sublime grubber kick for Minchella, which made the score 12 0. I mean, that was a fantastic bit of play, wasn't it, to keep the ball alive, Kyle? The Rovers, you know, that's what we've become accustomed to now, isn't it? That when the ball's popping around, that they're not scared to try things. But Ryan Milnes, the cool head there, wasn't it, with a, a fantastic grubber kick through? Yeah, definitely. I think he, uh, as, as as much as we know Rovers are an expansive team, I think he brings a bit of calm and a bit of direction. And I think you need a mix of all sorts. But yeah, it was definitely the Rovers' way once, wasn't it? So yeah, it was a, it was a good one. Yeah, Mark, and since Roy Milnes has come into the side, he's probably um, surprised a few people with how well he's adapted and, and how well he's he's coped. And, and them two grubber kicks, you know, just showed the class he's got, didn't they? I think he's got a lot of control. And as Carl said, I think that... Uh, obviously, Mikey gives you a bit more dynamism, doesn't he? And I think Jordan's a bit bigger. And um, obviously, with his kicking game, he's in high kicking bombs and all that. But as in grubbers and repeat sets wise and setting things up, Milnes has got like uh, all dead on young shoulders, I think. Uh, so it's really, it's really great, great going forward, really. We've got loads of options. So, yeah. Yeah. And James, it was pretty reminiscent of the Warrington game, wasn't it? In that we, we got a fast start. You know, we was looking to set the game to, to Castleford like we did against the Wire. And at, at times, Castleford didn't seem to be able to live with us, did they? No, they didn't. It was, it was it was great to see, and it just seems like we're getting back to the way we're playing towards the back end of last season, and just really sort of think you know it's really setting setting our stall up from from the from the beginning. And you know, I was, like uh, like Craig, I was quite surprised when that uh, Minchella try was disallowed. I mean, I've looked at it again plenty of times on the TV, and I've seen them given, I've seen them not given, and I just thought. One angle he looks he's short, one angle it looks like he's on a try. But he, I think it just he was unlucky not to be 18 0 up after 12 minutes. And um, yeah, it just really blew him off the park, really. Yeah, and going back to that try, I'm, I'm surprised it was disallowed when, um, you know, the referee's giving it as a try. And like you say, you look at a few angles, and surely the benefit of the doubt, the doubt goes to the, the attacking team, doesn't it? Because that's, that's your point, especially when the, the referee's awarding it. But the game did, wasn't going all Rovers' way. Um, and just, uh, and, and you know, you could say that although Rovers did get off to a fast start, there was a, they did let Castleford f- a few, uh, few, a few times, especially when Evels raced through. But Rovers scrambling defence did well, didn't it, uh, Craig, to, to cover there? And we, it was a feature of the side in the first half, wasn't it, that scrambling defence? Because there was a few times where Castleford, you know, if the ball was going out wide to Eden or, or through the middle, that we had to, we had to cover each other, didn't we? Yeah, I thought it was quite good. Eh? They were kept on the toes, and I think they had to be, you know, like you said, with Eden, uh, now levels, quick players. And once you get around Jay, yeah, it's going to be difficult catching them. So I thought Kindhorse, for the majority of, you know, obviously apart from the couple of tries that he'll go through, I thought he was brilliant again. 
Yeah, and we saw a mistake from uh, uh, Lachlan Coote, which was uh, we don't see many of them. Castleford took full advantage of a cut-out pass to send former Robin Greg Eden over. Thankfully, O'Brien missed the kick, but that did make the score 12-4 in favour of the Robins. Castleford did manage to reduce the deficit just before the half-time break, though, when a neat move created space for Jordan Turner before he found Greg Eden out on the left, who outstripped the Rovers' cover defence to score. And at half-time, Rovers held a slender two-point lead. But they did suffer a blow when John Abdul had to leave the field for a head knock assessment. Half time, Mark. I know you weren't at the game, but obviously you check the score. You see it's uh, twelve ten. At that point, you're thinking it must be quite a close game. But is that fair to say, James, or would you say that the scoreline didn't really reflect Rovers' dominance in that first half? Um, I thought we were better than just having a two point lead. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that and. Um, that we, we sort of seemed to go off the boil again when George King went off. If you look at sort of the first 30 minutes when George was on the field, we're at sort of total dominance. It then goes off for, for, for a rest and then Cass get back into it. And I think for the, you know, for the most part of that half, we were certainly the better team and fully deserved, fully deserved a lead. It's just that we'd sort of, I think you just sort of allowed them back into it when King was off. Yeah, and and Carl James makes a great point, doesn't he, about George King? He's he's obviously our our number one prop. Uh, he seems almost untouchable with, with his work rate and and what he does with the ball and in defence. How important is it when when he goes off the field that Robers are able to cover that? Yeah, I think to be honest, I think that's an area they need to look at for for, for next season. Really, I mean, obviously, it gives us it gives us a lot of punch going forward, especially in the in his first stint. Uh, and I think a lot of that's off off the back of the rook speed with Matty Parcell and whatnot. So, yeah, he's definitely a Lee Hungsung hero, isn't he? He's, I mean, I can't, I can't remember last time I made an error, let, dropped a ball. So, he's, yeah, he's, he's the biggest in he's, he's our best best prop at the moment. So, no, yeah, I think the only error he made was in the second half when he chucked out a crazy offload right near our trial line. And uh, <laughs> I think that put us back about, about 10 metres. But apart, we'll forgive him for that one because, um, you know, obviously it's... Uh, Part of the course, yeah, he don't, he don't make many Chris, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. But half time, Craig obviously 12 10. But following that, Jordan Abdul goes off with a head knock, and then of course, then we lose star man Mike Lewis with a, an ankle injury. It transpires it was a, a serious injury, he, he left the ground on crutches. He's now he's out going to be out for six to eight weeks, which obviously is a huge blow because it rules him out, obviously, of Friday's game, but importantly for the Challenge Cup semi final. Um, at the time, you know, Rovers had to deal with a bit of adversity there, didn't they, with having, losing Lewis and Abdul? But I think they responded pretty well, didn't they, in that opening uh, 10, 15 minutes of the second half? Yeah, I, for me, that's where the togetherness came, um, was shown. You know, the, the great determination, because I think Wood went off for a while as well, because he popped a rib. And at one point, I think you'd seen Abdul centre or Mike <laughs> Lewis was centre. I couldn't work out who was playing where. You had like Jez Litton playing halfback at one point. But um, to come through that period to get then Abdul back on, it was a massive effort. And I think eventually that obviously that won us the game. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a, a period of adversity. But thankfully, it was Rovers who scored the, the first try of the second half. We saw a bit of magic between Coote and Lynette. Uh, and then he fired over a really cute cutout pass to Ryan Hall, who finished for his fifth try of the season. And, and Ryan Hall is definitely a player in the mark who seems to be finding his feet after a few games now. Yeah, I think he was a bit quiet early doors, wasn't he? But the whole team was, wasn't it? But I mean, his, his exit carries are excellent when we're under, under the cosh, aren't they? And you know what I mean? He just uh, lacks a little bit of pace now, but don't we all? But um, <laughs> no, he's, he's like another forward, isn't he, really? And just adds to that. And I think that, as uh, Carl said, if we could get another couple of forwards for next year, you know what I mean? With the exit sets from our backs as well, I think we'll do really, really well. Yeah, and, and Lachlan Coote starting to feature in the line a lot more, isn't he, Carl? We're starting to see his, his ability with the ball in hand, aren't we? He's, he's definitely a threat and, and he's he's adding a, another dimension to our attack now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if we can keep him fit for the remainder of the season, I mean, we're, we're going to be the right end, aren't we? I mean, I think there was a try where towards the back end of the game where he threw a ball out and, and to be fair, it did go forward, but there ain't many other any players in our team that could sort of throw that ball, so... He's yeah. paramount to what we do. It was that it was that only one, wasn't it? Really, the paths one. It looked a mile forward. Yeah, yeah that like, was. Yeah, it's like a bit Paul Cook-esque in it. That sort of pass, cut out pass. Yeah. Which, 
years sort of thing. So. Well, I'm not being funny, Ryan Hall. Yeah, but uh, after being at Leeds for so many years, he should be used to these land passes, shouldn't he? Uh, Absolutely. So, mate. I think, I think he. Uh, I think they made um, they made a habit out of them passes, didn't they? So he should definitely be used to it. But uh, when it goes in your favour, you don't ask any questions, do you? So They're very quiet. On Prunny Ab, that is a fact. When uh, Someone like I said, I was a bit forward that, you know what I mean? I went, oh, I, can't, I didn't see that. So. Yeah, yeah, we never seen when they know it's when it's us. Um, but Cass did start to threaten and, and they were starting to shift the ball out left and right. With the, uh, but both times, uh, the Rover scrambling defence managed to overload the Tigers and it came to nothing. But the Ro- Robins turned the screw was Abdul's high kick was juggled by O'Brien before the ball fell to Milne, who dived and in under the post and these are high balls from Jordan Abdul we've seen him uh, you know kick quite a few this season haven't we um, I think I think he's a top attacking kicker at, at the moment in Super League Off, sometimes I question where these high balls are going and, and whether we're kicking them aimlessly but he put that on an absolute sixpence didn't he for, for, for um, Gareth O'Brien he couldn't deal with it and obviously Roy Milnes takes the result in spill uh, he goes over the line for a deserved try and, and at that point James you thinking it, it's game over um, you never think it's game over with Rovers, DF. <laughs> Until there's about three seconds left on the clock. Um, but no, I, I think just just going back to the point that sort of Craig was making, I think there was a there was a spell within you know in that second half when it just felt as though the wheels going to, potentially could come off, but they actually just gritted in and sort of bonded and just actually sorted it all out. And I, I thought. It, that sort of, that period was actually when there was sort of, you know really sort of cohesion and sort of the came good and actually that helped build a platform for the uh, the future for the next tries coming on, uh, but yeah it was it would have been I just kept looking at the scoreboard thinking we could do another score, you always look for another score, uh, but starting to feel a bit more confident but another score would be very nice. And yeah, and that on. score did that score did come next when uh, Sam Wood showed Kenny Edwards a huge left-handed fend and powered his way over the line from at least twenty meters out. You know, at that time he had popped a rib. I think uh, Craig had already mentioned he'd gone off. He'd come back on. You know, showed his toughness there. Um, I'm sure Lee Radford won't be happy with Kenny Edwards defending for for, for that try. But it was nice to see Sam would go over after. Uh, you know, a difficult start to the season. You know, the knock-ons against Wigan, the game against Huddersfield, he probably didn't show his best. Uh, but him and Jimmy Kynost seem to be settled with a, a nice partnership there. What I would say is, though, uh, Carl, there was a few times where Castleford threatened us down that right edge, didn't they? And, and there was at times, I think, there was left a little bit wanting, especially Jimmy Kynost. looks a little bit flat-footed, seemed to be watching the ball more than watching the man. And, and it's something that we're going to have to to think about when we take on Hull on Friday, isn't it? Because we can't afford any more defensive lapses, um, especially when a game is, is going to be so tight. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, you've got you've got to give him a bit of credit, Carlos, because he's been out the picture last you know last season for a long time and he's sort of Mr. Reliable, isn't he? So yeah, he's not perfect, but he's doing the job and he's playing well. So I certainly wouldn't I certainly wouldn't change it. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot difficult with Hull because obviously the, the big blokes aren't they but I thought Castleford, you know yourself at Castleford, they've got a lot of strike players, so they're going to create space, especially on especially on the on the flanks. So I think as a whole, he's he's done okay as uh, Jimmy. One one yeah. thing I would like to say is uh, when Castle was having their period and and was getting on top, I think we've got to give some big raps to Jeslett and myself because it was out on that right side for a, for a good ten minute spell, and he had, he had to dig up because there was a lot of big blokes coming at him, and uh, I think. Oh, he's right opposite me when it happened, but uh, he put a hell of a shot on on Jordan Turner, and I think he hobbled off in the end with a, a damaged wrist or something. So I think he's gone under a little bit on the radar from last Friday with his defence. So big raps to Jez Lytton. Yeah, and there's no doubt, doubt is they Craig, that since uh, Parcel and Lytton, you know, they started to get that little dynamic back, aren't they? Where when they're on the pitch together, they definitely speed up the play for Rovers. And, and like Carl said there, you know, he, he fronted up when Rovers were, were under the cost a little bit. And, and, he, and he, he's a player who, who probably, you know, for someone of his size, you know, he, he puts himself about, doesn't he? And he's not afraid to go after the big man. But, but it's not only that, it's his attacking player as well, isn't it? You see him charging up and down the pitch and... You know, it's a really. It must be really interesting for the opposition to to know how to deal with letting them pass out when they're both on the pitch at the same time. Because at the moment, it's almost like Lytton's got a free roll. 
Yeah, I, I actually thought that on Friday, um, watching a little bit more. Um, I know what you're saying, Carl. When he went out, there was a lot of big lads running at him, and uh, but he stood up well. And sometimes I think with Lytton, he was it's more of like a conference player. If he gets that first start from dummy half in, he goes through players. He, I think it does him the world of good. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been brilliant uh, coming off the bench, especially running out the props when they're they're tired. And yeah, like you said, with with Parcel and Lytton on, it's who they're going to pick up. Who's running from dummy half? Um, but it's a great option to have. Yeah, and that try from Sam Wood and then the Lachlan Cool extras gave Rovers an 18-point advantage, which pretty much guaranteed them a place in the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup. But the scoring wasn't complete, though, as, a, as in the final minute, Jordan Abdul fielded a crossfield kick and shrugged off two cast defenders to outpace the covering defence to round off a fantastic 34.10 victory to the Robins. We've already spoke about, you know, how, how Cass maybe got back into the game, but I've watched that game back and, and in that second half, I know Castleford made a few errors. You know, I think it was Griffin. Couldn't catch the ball, could he? The, I think he knocked it on three, four times. Westerman, same. But do you know what? I think it comes down to what I think Craig said about the Rovers togetherness, the spirit, the, the adversity that was faced with Lewis and Abdul. It seemed to really galvanise them. And we saw that in the covering defence. Um, and, and James, at the end of the day, I don't think uh, Castleford can argue with that with that result. No, I don't think they can. I think you know that that second half, as you say, was just complete. Um, it was gritty, determined effort, and you know to keep a team like Cass scoreless for 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 a whole half, I think you know just testament to how good the uh, good the defence were. And you know you look at the you know you mentioned the errors that um, Cass were making, and that's probably more because the pressure Rovers were putting un- putting them under, forcing them to chase to chase the game. Um, and I thought it was you know, very funny at the end when uh, Kenny, uh, Kenny Edwards spat his dummy out quite uh, spectacularly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, it was quite... Uh, it wasn't Kenny Edwards. It was the tackle on Coop, wasn't it? Was it uh, Greg Eden? Greg Eden uh, smacked uh, Coop around the chops, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you saw Kenny Edwards have a go and then uh, I think the referee had a word with him, didn't he? And then you saw him... Um, do it again. <laughs> pretty much do it again, yeah, which you think he, he could have maybe had a... A bit more of a talking to by the referee, mm, but yeah. you know, obviously it, it got to Castleford because you yeah. know I think they they'll have been frustrated with some of the errors they were making. You know, basic errors, simple knock-ons. But I think that's because of the pace of the Rovers' defence and the, and, the, and the way we played. We, we didn't allow them to get onto the yeah. front foot, which was a, a real credit to Robbins, especially like we said with with Abdul going off with. Uh, Mikey Lewis going off, and and I think Mark, like we've already said, it's great to have someone like Roy Mills there. I want it just to steady the ship when 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 you know a previous games gone by, we, we've probably folded at points like that. Yeah, I mean, what I love about this Rovers side now, especially obviously, it took us two or three games to get into our side in it a little bit, but and I think the actual Takarangi thing has helped us out a little bit because I don't think that Smith would have left him out the side um, really, mm. and I think that. There was a mood in the team then that wasn't really right, so dynamic. I'm not just blaming Brad Sakarangi, but and seemingly with these young British kids we've got in, yeah, and obviously some excellent overseas in Parcel, Coote and Lynette and Kenny Dowell. But I think we looked look far better unit with Brad Sakarangi out the side. Yeah, and you know I did mention about our right edge defence, but you know what, it might you know I might have questioned it, but it was nowhere near as bad as when Takarangi was lining up on on the right edge. So uh, you know maybe that's just sign of how far we've come since since he has been dropped from the side. There was a few man in the matches knocking about. I think um, Elliot Minchella, I think he deserves you know big raps. I think Matty Parcell. I mean he, the, the last couple of games he's been absolutely incredible, hasn't he? Uh, yes. Carl, what about you? Would you have gone for man of the match? I'd have, I'd have probably gone uh, Minchella. I think he got the the man match on the night, didn't didn't he? But uh, so I'd have gone Minichella, But like you say, there was a couple that ran in close. To be fair, but I thought I thought Minichella's first in was absolutely outstanding. Hmm. If in day and attack, and I just thought it was outstanding all around. So so I'd, yeah, I think the I think the I think the sponsor man match got it right. Yeah, Craig, it's been well documented, hasn't it? His his, his recovery from his injury and and. You know how he's how he's bounced back from that, and now you've seen it in his performances. What impresses me though is the way he's been linking with Parcel down that middle of the pitch, and um, he's such a dynamic loose forward, isn't he? Um, that um, he, he, you know, I, I don't think teams know how to deal with him at the moment because 
he, he's quite comfortable running the ball. He's strong, powerful, but he's dynamic as well. And he? he he's able to go left and right, and he's got an offload, and he's always backing up. So it's a really interesting dynamic. Who would you have gone for man of the match? Um, it, again, it would have been out of Parcel or um, Minchella. I think just what you saw, Minchella. You know, he had a full season out last year practically, and he's come in. And I thought it would have taken him a lot longer, uh, to be honest. And he's just. He's getting better every week, and it's it's scary because last week I, I honestly thought he was brilliant. It's like he dictates he dictates the, the pace of the game at times. He looks for them gaps to run into with an offload, um, and he's defending well. It's not just his attack; he's actually getting stuck in defending. Defending, he's strong. So, so yeah, I'd go Manchella. Yeah, and what about you, James? Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick. It was hard. I think it's hard to pick an individual out of that really great team performance. But I agree with the guys. I'd, I'd go with Minchella. It just bring. It's just sort of got. He's just getting better and better each game. And I think you know it, it was. He's outstanding against Warrington and on Friday night. He was just. It just took it to another level. It was just totally unplayable. I think from a for Cass. You know, they just couldn't just couldn't handle with handle him at all. And as you say, he's he's forming a great partnership with uh, with Parcel as well. And the two of them together just. Just, just think of the yards they're making. It's just mm. something we've missed for a long time. Yeah, it's, you know, it's great yeah. to see. And we saw that in the opening twenty minutes, didn't we? That you know yeah. that pace intensity, you know, it, it takes it to another level. I think a special mention must also go to the Rovers fans who were there on Friday night. You know, I think I think they really added to it. They responded to the team's performance. They turned out in good numbers. I know there was a bit of criticism after the league game about. You know how many people turned up, etc. But but Friday night for a game that was televised, I thought it was a, a good turnout, good numbers, but also the back the boys and, and it came through loud and clear. Um, you know, when the uh, when the Robins were on top because it was a time when we really needed to respond to, to Castleford coming at us and, and I think the fans deserve special praise for that. Mark, we've drawn Huddersfield Giants in the Challenge Cup semi-final. We travel over to Ellen Road on the 7th of May. It's now been confirmed. We're going to kick off at 5pm. Part of a triple header with the Women's Challenge Cup final. So I'm sure you'll be in the ground early for that one, Mark. And then it's followed by Wigan and Saints. Um, many people surprised that, that they've got the early kickoff where Rovers and Huddersfield are, are they tea time? But I'm not surprised with, with the entertainers for a reason, aren't we? So we'll be prime time box office viewing uh, on, on BBC One, hopefully. So uh, I'm not surprised at all. But is, is that the best draw we could have hoped for? Yeah, I think it was all... It's not been undermining uh, and anything disrespectful to Huddersfield. They're a good side, aren't they? But yeah, you wouldn't want St. Helens for definite, would you? We're going to a push, but we all wanted Huddersfield out the out the draw and uh, we've got a 50-50 chance, haven't we? And if we turn up on the day... We've got a more than good chance of getting to uh, not White Hart Lane, is it London Stadium? Is it something like that? Yeah, yeah White Hart, uh, well, yeah, yeah, Tottenham Stadium and and Ellen Road. It's been the scene of some famous games for the Robins, hasn't it, James? Uh, I'm not picking on you because you look the oldest, but obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you look, you look... You, you look back at games gone by. Uh, our last Heritage cast, of course, we had John Dorhey on, who, who yeah. featured superbly in uh, in in. Um, Ellen Road, and and it's going to be a, a special occasion, isn't it, for the Robins? As, as once again we travel to Leeds in a Challenge Cup semi final. Yeah, it is, and that uh, listening to Dory on the uh, on the podcast just really brought back memories of the um, replay in '86, and it's still probably one of my favourite Rovers games ever. It was just it was just such a magical night, you know, thirty odd thousand people in Ellen Road. You know, it was such a tight game in that first half, and then second half, Rover just pulled away, seventeen nil, and the total atmosphere, the whole atmosphere, and the whole ground was just incredible. And just hoping, you know, we can have a repeat performance um, uh, next month. I think, you know, as as Mark said, I think you know we all wanted Huddersfield, and as they said, it's no disrespect to Huddersfield; they are a very good team, as we we've seen already this season. But by the same token, I think they will have they'll have been pleased to draw Rovers um, mm. as well. You know they'll see the chance of beating us, just like we see the chance of beating them. And I think we've progressed since we played them in uh, round two. And hopefully, by the time we come to play them in May, you know we'll, we'll have progressed even further, and it'll be an absolute cracker of a game, and we'll win. Yeah, and I think the only thing with Huddersfield is that people are thinking: Are they as good as what they are? Are they the early pace setters? Are they, you know, are they that surprise team? And, and maybe they might fade away. I think um, the team to avoid is St. Helens, isn't it? We saw them go over mm. to Catalan and. You know, did a number on them and, and Wigan. You know, you, 
they, they look like they're grinding out victories, don't they? So, you know, it, them two are probably the ones that you, you didn't want to play. But hopefully Craig Rovers fans will, will turn up in big numbers, won't they, for, to back the boys because it's, like we said, right to minutes from a Challenge Cup final. Um, what's pleasing for me is that the games are coming thick and fast in the Challenge Cup. Normally you have a long wait, don't you, before... You know, you win the Challenge Cup and then you might be waiting a month and a half, two months before the semis and then the final, etc. Whereas the final, um, you know, towards the end of May, it, it's, you know, <laughs> to think, you know, in, in a in over a month's time, we could have our hands on the Challenge Cup trophy. And I know, I know, but we could have our hands on the Challenge Cup trophy. You know, it, it's, it's exciting times, isn't it, for the Robins? Yeah, definitely. And I think after the cast game, uh, Rovers put some details out. And within the next morning, by the time I phone on, um, I think Rovers had sold over a 1,000 tickets already. So there's going to be good backing. There's going to be fans that are still going to get the tickets. I know it's the middle of the month and it, yeah, payday is usually at the end of the month for quite a lot of people. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a great day out. Obviously, it would be even better if we win. But like you said, you know, the Challenge Cup game is coming round thick and fast and which I prefer to be honest um, then obviously you've got the rest of the season to concentrate on but obviously big game against Huddersfield oh I think I said that in one of the first podcasts you know I, I think Huddersfield will be up there this year because Ian Watson he's, he's a good coach um, obviously I'd, I'd rather play Huddersfield than St Helens in the, in the semi yeah and all I'd say is uh we're going to have to play better than when we played them uh, earlier on in the season when we travelled oh, over in the snow. And, uh, God, yeah. <laughs> pretty much a shocking. Uh, but, 100% yeah. but obviously, it's a different Rovers team now, isn't it? They seem to have got the mojo back. So, yeah, it's going to be a, it, very interesting to see how this pans out. But before we preview a game that definitely is an our cup final, uh, we'll talk about uh, Tony Smith. Uh, news broke that he's, he's, he's entered contract negotiations. It's news we've all been hoping was coming and, and was all waiting for. You know, obviously, the news that Leeds had sat their head coach, Tony Smith, was in the frame for that. Um, you know, there was rumours about where he was going to take the job, where he'd be at the end of the season. Um, but it's, it's been announced that Tony... Well, not announced, but the rumours are that Tony Smith's opened contract negotiations, Mark. It looks like he'll be signing a short-term contract. Um, you know, I think he's pretty... He's pretty chilled out about it, isn't it? But one thing that definitely does need sorting out is his contract because we've got the likes of Dean Hadley, Elliot Manchella, Albert Vette, Corbin Sims, Brad Sakurangi, Sean Kenny Dowell, Kane Lynette, Matty Parcell, Ben Crooks, Will Maher, Jimmy Kynos, Sam Wood, Greg Richards, Will Tate, um, all out of contracts at the end of the season. And if you're expecting players to sign a contract, the players will be expecting to know who their head coach is going to be next season, don't they, Mark? Yeah, well, I've heard um, quite a few uh, negative vibes about it, really, early on that he was leaving. Uh, I was on, actually went to Ben Medina with the lads about three weeks ago, and I was on, stood up at the front of the plane, talking to some Leeds fans who know, um, well, not Tony Smith so much, but maybe someone else on our staff. And the feeling was that he might walk, you know what I mean? So I'm really pleased to hear that he's hopefully going to stay on for another year because development-wise, Rovers-wise, the players aren't going to stay or they need to know who's going to be in charge next year, don't they, so that they can actually commit themselves. So it's really good news if, if it is true. Really good news. Yeah, and obviously good news, Carl, that um, Tony Smith is open contract talks, hopefully. But uh, there's a couple of players there, aren't they, that we hope, hopefully are entering contract talks and we've already given big raps to Elliot Minchella, but we need to get inside down, don't we, because we don't want to see him ending up at any Super League sides. Yeah, I mean, a, a couple of months ago when they were talking about Tony Smith and the Leeds rumours and, and whatnot, I, I was sort of on the fence with it all. And as it went by, I was thinking, is it, I think he might go. And this news coming out, was it today, yesterday, he's in talks and all this type of business. I'm thinking, I think he'll stay now because a few weeks back, we didn't we hadn't purchased the stadium. There was a lot of you know, stuff, unforeseen stuff going on. And now all this positive news has come by in the last few weeks. I think he will. I think he will pen a deal and that'll make the players pen a deal. So, I mean, the future is bright off, on and off the field, isn't it? So, let's be honest, why wouldn't he? He's built something, yeah? Let's see, yeah. Let's see if we can get some silverware in the cabinet. On and off the field, yeah. we're looking marvellous. And I think it's the best Rovers have been in, in a long while, isn't it? So, so yeah, I think it will happen and I think the players will follow suit. Yeah, and Craig, obviously, I think all the rumours started pretty much when he, he didn't turn up for that press conference um, and everyone started putting 
two and two together and getting five. Um, Tony Smith, he's quite a cool character, isn't he? He doesn't seem to be under too much pressure and he seems to have a good relationship with Paul Lakin and probably Neil Udgell. And uh, the fact that can be grown up about it, um, you know, I think he's good behind the scenes, but but players need a bit of certainty, don't they? And, and you know, do you expect to see him maybe do a, a one-year contract and then to, to review it on that basis? Yeah, I think he spoke before about, you know, short-term deals because he wants everything to be clicking for him, but not just him, at the club itself as well, on and off the field. Um, but if I'm right in saying, I'm sure please can talk to other clubs from the 1st of May. So I, I'm thinking Rovers will definitely want to get him tied down before before the 1st of May and then obviously start talking to the players, getting them signed up um, for a couple of year contracts, like especially Minchella getting tied down to a long-term deal. But in an ideal world, I'd, I'd love Rovers to announce uh, Tony Smith signed a contract just before kick-off on Good Friday. The, the, the atmosphere would be absolutely buzzing yeah. at Craven Park. Yeah, yeah. Like you did when uh, they announced Neil Angel was uh, staying on. Sorry, you wouldn't rule out, would you? In fairness? And I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of no. these players have already signed, but they just waited to announce them. You know what I mean? That's what I'm hoping for. Just to keep drip feeding the good news, if, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. Yeah. And just before we move on, obviously, congratulations to to Joe Appleyard, who was who was obviously going to be the the new Hull KR reporter for Hull Daily Mail, taking over from James O'Brien. So hopefully, I'll be able to tap him up on some of these contract negotiations. <laughs> hopefully, he's getting the inside story. He won't talk to you now, Chris. No. Oh, you'll get the sack, Chris. One of the two. He's yeah, changed already. He's changed already. Yeah, but no, we're going to attempt something uh, something that I never thought I'd say now, and, and that's have a sensible conversation with a whole FC fan. Um, <laughs> we've got a good friend of mine, Steve Lazenby, who's joining us to help preview our Good Friday fixture against our bitterest of rivals, Hull FC. Um, it's the first game we've welcomed them to Craven Park um, since 2019. It's going to be a sellout. Um, it's going to be a great occasion, but obviously... You know, it's all about that result, isn't it? You know, regardless of anything else. So I'm just going to introduce Steve. Good evening, Steve. How are you doing, mate? Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Yeah. Right. The We're going to get out of here. <laughs> Can you hear us? For, the, for those listening on the podcast, he's just trying to, to work out his microphone. Uh is that, a, is that a cardboard cutout? Oh, it's moved. <laughs> right, well, while Steve trying to work... Connor. <laughs> yeah, while Steve trying to work his microphone out, boys, obviously, it's, uh, it is a huge game, isn't it? And it's not only a huge game because, of course, we're playing LFC, but them two points are really important to us now, aren't they? Uh, and we're going into a crucial Easter period where to lose. Uh, we play them on Monday. But, Mark, obviously... It, you know, when you when we play the derby, we talked a little bit about it before we came on air. You know, when it's for you, is it all about just the, the victory? It's not about the performance, is it? Uh, both go both go hand in hand, really, don't they? But hundred uh, percent, that it's all about the result, isn't it? Um, I don't enjoy them. I don't think anybody enjoys them unless you actually get them two points. So uh, they're a bit daunting, aren't they? Usually full of beer, aren't you? In fact, well, I am. Uh, so they're always a bit vague, anyway. So. Um, yeah, it's all about the win. And uh, but I'd, I'd take Scrappy in a one-point win, obviously. But it would be nice to put a performance in as well. But always very tough games out there. Just don't know what's going to happen. Do you? Are you in the game, Steve? No. Yeah, we're still trying to get hold of Steve. Carl, going into that derby game on Friday. You know what are you hoping for? Oh, God knows, <laughs> mate. Honestly, I'm getting nervous now thinking about it. And I'm not nervous because of the game, it's because I'm known to next to you. So, <laughs> you know, no. All, uh, all jokes aside, like, I think that's 100% right. It, it, I don't give a crap how they played. Just get the job done. Give us the bragging rights for another, another, you know, another few months. You know, the performance would be nice, but if it doesn't happen and they get the win, you know, nobody's going to complain, I think. So, yeah, yeah. And Rovers did provide an injury update during the week uh, about some players, didn't they? Obviously, they confirmed that Mikey Lewis will be unavailable for six to eight weeks uh, with a um, halfback rupture in his ligaments in his ankle, which is obviously quite a serious injury. Uh, will Dagger had overcame his man in the injury and obviously featured for the club's reserves. Albert Vette and Dean Hadley 
uh, was supposed to be pushing uh, for ne- uh, pushing for next week's game against Wakefield, although Dean Hadley has been named in the squad for Friday. Tom Garrett, he rejoined training after uh, being stood down for 11 days because of uh, suffering from concussion symptoms. And Louis Johnson is closing on his return and is looking to rejoin training in the next coming of weeks. But the squad was announced earlier this morning, uh, sorry, this afternoon for, for the game with Lachlan Coote being named, as well as Ben Crooks, Sean Kenny Dowell, Ryan Hall, John Abdul, Matty Parcell, George King, Dean Hadley, Kane Lynette, Matty Stoughton, Jez Litton, Corbin Sims, Elliot Minchella, Jim Kinehorst, Will Dagger, Ryan Milnes, Will Maher, Ethan Ryan, Sam Wood, Greg Richards and Frankie Holton. James, just before we go into that squad, um, no Brad Takarangi. Is it is it a game too soon for him, do you think? Um, no. Nah. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have played him anywhere because he doesn't deserve his place in, on merit anywhere. Um, you know, it, after after where Sam Wood's been playing over the last few games, it'd be hard. It'd be a bit unfair to drop him. Um, and from all accounts, I don't think Takarangi was pulling any trees up in the uh, in the reserve grade at uh, Leeds the other night either. So, no, I, I wouldn't have picked him anywhere. Yeah, and Craig, the uh, the obvious absentee from that squad is Tom Garrett, isn't it? We expected him to be back in training. Uh, after he stood down through concussion, but he's going to be a big miss, isn't he? Because he's, you know, he didn't have the best of starts maybe to the season, but he's someone who's really made that that uh, proposition uh, his own. And you know, I think he's going to be a really big miss on Friday. Yeah, um, again, he, he stepped up massively. I, I, I'm gutted for him to be honest, because you know, before the this injury, the head knock, he he was playing really well. He was getting on the front foot. He was getting the quick play of the balls, which was helping Parcel. I, you know, I think that's where we possibly could struggle on um, on Friday. Uh, but sooner, sooner we're getting back, the better for me. Steve, I think we've got you on board now. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Sorry about the little hiccup. I don't. It's the internet in East Hull. You know, it doesn't work as was <laughs> in West Hull. Um, so although I'm a West Hull lad officially, um, I, I do live in East Hull. So I'll blame that at the minute. So I could always see um, laughing at me. So I mean, now and I can hear every word you're saying. Well, with the speed you was texting me, Steve, I could tell you was using all of your six fingers there. But no, I tend to keep it cordial, Steve. Obviously, no, I really appreciate it coming on, um, and it's good to get a bit of an insight because um, I know you think I'm obsessed with with LFC, but I really are, you know. So it's going to be uh, good to get your input. You know, I, often I tell you about team news, don't I? Before you, yeah. I mean, if I know and want to know anything about LFC, uh, just ask Chris because he, you know, it's a font of all knowledge. Um, he, I don't know where he gets some of the insights from, but he, he's, he's uh, you know, he gathers. I mean, in fact, he's probably in the era of Brett Hodgson a lot of the time. <laughs> but no, we just announced the Rover squad for Friday, Steve. I'll just go through the whole squad. Uh, you got Jake Connor, Swift, Tom of Ivy, Griffin, McIntosh, Reynolds, Gale, Sow, Houghton, Satai, uh, Savelio, Mao, Lane, uh, Loverdua, Evans, Fash, McNamara, Brown, Johnston, Borden. And Vulgarani, have I said that right, Steve? You can just call him Mitch. I do. Well, I'll, so I'll, no, I'll tell you what, I will call him Steve, but I'll probably have to put a bleep <laughs> button on. So, um, <laughs> that for now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the first time he's picked a, an unchanged squad um, for a long. Well, it, I think it must be the first time ever while Brett's been there. Um, so, I, I still think there'll be a few subtle changes. Uh, I think uh, the Huddersfield game. Uh, we obviously, I think we'll see uh, Luke Gale uh, and. Uh, well, obviously, Grub, um, he'll be, they'll be starting in the half-backs this way. So, Josh Reynolds will be starting with with Luke there. Um, Lovadoo, I think, will probably go, as he did to in that game, revert to loose man. Uh, and I think he'll get spelled with Jordan Lane. He'll come in as well uh, in that particular area. Uh, whether a tomb of Harvey plays or not, I don't know if it's still a game too early. Uh, you know, he's still he's still struggling. Uh, as in the Brett, uh, with the press conference with Brett Hodgson yesterday, uh, and he's still undecided. He'll leave that until Thursday in the time to make his mind up. Um, but if he does come in, it, it will solid our centre position up because I think that's where we've been weak over that side. Uh, so hopefully, if he does come in, uh, he'll you know he's he never does does anything wrong. He's Mr. Consistent. He's uh, been a great you know acquisition for a lot of the years. Uh, so hopefully, he can get back to where he was when he, you know before he picked his injury up. 
Yeah, and we've just been talking about, yes, the derby is important. You know, we all want bragging rights. It's vitally important to, to get one over on your bit of rivals. But but them two points are really important, aren't they? Because, you know, obviously you, you play Warrington on Monday, Rovers go to Toulouse, you get two points. And if you can get six points out of this, this weekend, it really sets you up, doesn't it, going into into next round of fixtures. So, you know... The two points are massively important. For you, though, where, where do you think Hull's strengths are and, and how do you think they'll be? Rovers will, will maybe stand up to that. Yeah, I think you're right, Chris. I, I think you know the, the, all the uh, tense, uh, tense intensity and the hype leading up to the game, uh, ultimately, you know, is what happens on the pitch. And I think you know if the players keep focused... Uh, and it'll be an enjoyable game of rugby. Uh, where we tend to lose it, I think they get caught up in the game themselves and they end up being dour ones. Um, but I think, you know, I think we've got two good coaches now that will keep us focused. Um, our game plan is what it has been uh, for a few years now. I think Brett Hodgson's brought it back where we've got some big lads who just batter down the middle um, uh, and then we'll, you know, hopefully uh, sort of batter you into submission in, in, a, in the best way of putting it. Um, but I think where we went wrong last week against Huddersfield was trying to play, you know, like the Harlem Globetrotters and splinging the ball out wide, which their forwards, they're agile, they're quick, and they've got able to get out there wide and close us down. So it was really ineffective, uh, and we didn't stick to our game plan of uh, letting the big lads run down the middle uh, and then let the backs and uh, you know come through for us. So that that I think that'll be our. You know, I don't think it's any any top secret. I think you know it's it's been widely known for every team how we actually play on a game. Yeah, James. I know you're not a, a massive fan of Jake Connor in defence, but there's no <laughs> doubt he's a. He's got some attacking prowess and he's the Super League top uh, assists with, with 12. And I think he was just named, was he Super League Man of the Month or Play something? The month, yeah, a ridiculous award for, for that he's received. <laughs> but but how would the Rovers go about keeping him quiet? Because there's no doubt that if he's on his on his game, he, he's, oh. he's a handful for anybody. Yeah, he, he is. And he, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, we do take the mickey out of him and he has got you know, no pace. But if you get if you if you allow him to play the ball too you know close to the line, he can just he can just open you up. As to how we can stop him, oh, God knows. I'll leave that. I'll leave that in the more than careful hands of Tony Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? And and, and many people who Steve who, who thought maybe his career was coming to an end at at whole Danny Outen, he's still turning up each week, isn't he? I mean, he's top tackler in Super League with three hundred. Um, Frankie Holton, he's down in fifth with two hundred and fifty nine tackles. Um, he's Danny Outen's got the second most marker tackles, which is interesting because you've got. Uh, the coming lining up against uh, Matty Parcell, who's got the most dummy runs, 45. And then you've got Jez Litton down in third with 31. So, obviously, you know, Danny Outen, he's going to be busy on, on Friday, isn't he? If he's, he's, yeah. he's going to be trying to, to stop them too. But how important is Danny Outen to you? Because I know there's still some maybe dissenting voices in the in the black and white camp about about how, how much game time he does get. <clears throat> Yeah, I think you know, of, of the. If you'd have asked me three years ago, um, if we get rid of Jez Litton or Dan Out, and that'd have been a no-brainer, um, uh, and you know, you'd be welcoming Danny Out into your to your club at the moment. Um, but I think he, you know, he, he sort of reinvented his game. He did mention that he'd fell out of love with rugby league, uh, and I think he's got that spark back now. Uh, I still think you know, he is not out and out a tackling machine. He'll just keep going. He's like that Jorasel bunny. Um, but I, I just think he still just little, you know, lacks a little bit in attack. Um, he'll, he'll run from dummy half at the wrong time, make that scoop um, when there's no players to, you know, to pass to, um, and, and it's ineffective. Uh, and he does the same when we've got that people, when there is people there, and he doesn't scoop and he sends the ball the wrong way. Um, so you know, there's them little annoyances to his game. But you know, you can't you can't fault his defence, and you know, that, that's probably what's been kept in going and why he's been selected. Yeah, Craig. Obviously, I revealed the uh, the Rovers squad earlier, and um, there's there's some big calls to make, isn't there? Because we've got um, you know one of the things that was levelled at Rovers against Castleford is that we looked a little bit weak on the bench. Um, obviously, Corbin Sims feature against Leeds in the reserves. Um, how, how do you see us lining up on the on the bench? Because um, you know when you look at Hull's you know predicted lineup, they've got Jordan Lane, Brad Fash. Kane Evans, Jack Brown. I wouldn't say Steve that was the heaviest, but it'd be interesting just to hear Craig to see how he'd uh, how he'd line up Rovers on Friday. Yeah, I think Matty Stoughton, Jez Litton, a definite two. Um, it's going to be a toss up between you know you've got 
Sims possibly coming into it. Uh, but uh, I think Sims will cover Minchella at loose forward, possibly. And um, that'll leave place for, you know, Dean Hadley. He knows the derby well, he's experienced. You know, if you're coming up against maybe, you know, that, that Brown, you know, he's not going to be the most experienced player for Hull coming off the bench. I think we'll, we'll need some experience coming off there. Yeah, Mark, you probably had it in your career where you've been dropped down into the reserves to give you a kick up the backside and then and then put back into the first team to, to try and get a performance out of you. Do you think that's what's happened with Sims here? Not not many times. We've got a 13 bit, so I didn't have very often. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I think that I actually was sad enough to watch the reserves the other day. I uh, had a quiet day, so I watched that. And Sims did actually put it in, put a shift in. And so, obviously, I think with a lack of... Um, uh, Garrett, Johnson and Vette. I think Sims has to be on the bench, if I'm honest, for a little bit of size and aggression. And I'd put Greg Richards on there. I'm a big fan of Dean Adley, but he's injury prone and he's, I mean, you haven't got the foreigners from being injured. He's hes not quite big enough, is he? And his body quite brave as a lion, but I just think he misses too many games, you know. Maybe send him to Toulouse on Monday if he's fit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen, obviously, Dean Adley, you know, it's a great point Mark made. He's, he's obviously a consummate professional, real nice kid. But you just don't get enough minutes out of him, do you? And obviously, that's probably why he ended up at Rovers from from Hull in the first place. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's a shame because it, you know, I think he is quite skillful. You know, he is he'll, he'll put a shift in for you, uh, but he does have to have that tendency to pick up knocks quite easily. Um, and if, if he plays two or three on the bounce, that that's as best as you can hope for because you know he's going to be missing for four or five then. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know where it, it, rugby league's a brutal sport, as we all know. Uh, but I think it's uh, some people react to it better than others. So that constant heavy hits. Um, but I will not say he's made a chocolate or anything, but he does seem, tend to pick uh, injuries up and possibly why Hull made that decision. But when he is on the field and when he is performing, you know, he, 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 can, stand up, he can stand his own ground. Yeah, and Cal... Um... You know, Sam Wood did pop a rib. Um, you'd be interested to see how he's reacted to that. Jimmy Kynos, maybe a little bit suspecting in defence on Friday. Ethan Ryan scored four tries in the reserves uh, against Leeds. You know, if you look through that Rovers team, you'd say there's probably a distinct like, lack of pace. Is this a game for, for either an Ethan Ryan or a Ben Crooks to, to feature? Obviously, Ben Crooks knows what all the derby is about, doesn't he? You know, it's not the first time he'll, he'll have played in one. So, do you, can you see a change or or is the best route to, to go unchanged and, and try and keep building? No, I, I think he'll stick with, obviously, barring the obvious of Michael Lewis being, being injured. That's obviously, a, you know, an easy replacement, isn't it, with Milnes and Abdul in the arts. But uh, I think the only thing will change, it'll be the bench. It'll be obviously one of the biggest sides in the comp, so I think he'll go big on the bench. But obviously, he'll decide that on game day, won't he? But I think he'll stick stick with the starting thirteen. It'll just be the bench if there's a couple of tweaks, yeah. any at all. So I think I think he'll not change what, it for winning. What we do know is that every time we play derby, there's always a late change in the in the squad in the starting lineup. We see it nearly every game, don't we? So it's going to be interesting to see what drama. Holds on on Friday. Josh Reynolds comes back into the side. Steve, um, you know, you, like you mentioned, uh, Luke Gale, um, you know, obviously uh, had a, a bit, bit of a stint out, didn't he, for his five game ban? Yeah. Josh Reynolds is he is he the kind of player who shows up on the on the big occasion, or are you just not seen enough uh, of him yet to know that? I think, I think it, the best way of putting it, I think he does a bit of work in the background. Um, and it's not all the most dazzling. I think when he first came, you know, we thought, wow, we've got somebody who can actually move around the field, move the ball around the field and move people around the field. Um, now, whether it's a lack of consistency with a part, with his playing partner, um, although he did have Mark Sneed, who's Mark, Mark with all the best, he's not the most gifted of scrum halves, but he'll kick teams to death. Um, but I think... If giving him a this is the only third time he's set up with Luke, so give him a bit of time to settle into some kind of established relationship there, and maybe not this game, but we'll, we'll see what they're like in four or five games time when they've had that regular game time together. Yeah, and that's that's one thing you don't get in the derby. Is it time? You know, you've got to, you've got to be on your metal one hundred mile an hour from the start, and and that's been a feature of Rovers for at least the last couple of games. A really fast start. Obviously, Hull got to a slow start against Huddersfield, and and never seemed to recover. Has that been a feature of the Hull side this this season? Yeah, I mean, you go back to the Wigan game as well. 
Um, we started off, uh, the first 10 minutes was under the cost, and I was thinking, God, how many is this going to go? You know, I'm going to get shoved past us tonight. Um, and then all of a sudden, we, we, we got into the game. Um, we came out second half. You, the first thing you don't want to do after taking a lead just before half-time is concede a stri- try straight after it, and we did. Um, and it let them back in the game. And I think all that uh, hard work defending at the front end of the game left us with nothing in the tank at the back end. Uh, and I think that's where they made some better decisions, especially the drop goal, when we had a couple of opportunities to do it. But I don't think our sort of mental attitude was there uh, and certainly any energy left in the legs. Yeah. To, to be fair, I think, uh, like we've already mentioned, it's so hard to call it a derby result. But I'd say this is maybe one of the, the closest um, and hardest ones to predict for, for a long time, maybe just because of how similar... Uh, both sides are doing. Obviously, Hull are only two points in front of us in the league table. If you look through the stats, you know, there's not much difference between both sides in, in the statistics. So it's going to be a, a really interesting encounter. Imagine that nobody on the east side of Hull takes any notice of Hull's results and couldn't name a player for a toffee. Who were the, uh, who's the one player that would be, uh, who could be the difference on Friday for, for the black and whites? Oh, for me, oh, I think it would be one or two people. Um, Liggy Sow, I think he's he's been playing tremendously uh, as a forward. He, he's doing everything right. He's tackling. Um, he's making some great yards. Uh, you know, and he's not just making great yards. He's dragging men with them. He's busting them tackles, which sets a nice platform up. Um, but I think you know, Josh Griffin and Adam Swift that uh, they can they've been bringing some you know ball off the line, giving them forwards a rest. And I think if the forwards can perform and all their energy is focused on, you know, running themselves, because even Josh Griffin is not the fastest, um, but he can see a gap. And if he can get Adam on us outside of him, then, you know, he's lightning. So I think they're they're probably three of the key players. I know we've spoken about Jake Connor. Um, Again, depending on which Jake turns up, I suppose. Uh, you know, he, he, he can be brilliant on occasions, but he can also do some stupid things, uh, as you know. Uh, and then let's see where the halves go. But I think that, that Liggy South for me has been outstanding recently. Um, uh, I think Jake and uh, Josh and Adam on the wing, um, they're, they're running quite close as well. Yeah, thanks for that, Steve. Great speaking to you, mate. Thanks for the insight. I want no the best luck on Friday. I wish you the worst luck in the world. I hope you get absolutely sunk. <laughs> I hope the next time I speak to you... Uh, and obviously that's re- reciprocated. So, yeah, no worries. See you later, Steve. See you, bye. Cheers, um, Obviously, lads, you know, what you would say is all fans are 100% happy with their side at the moment. Are they, you know, they've been a little bit indifferent and what you'd say is Rovers are, are coming into, into the game on, on a good run of form. We're going for four wins in a row. You know, is is it is it too, too a bit too presumptuous to, to make Rovers favourite, Mark? Um, I think actually on performances over the last two or three weeks, we are favourites, um, which I don't like that um, as a Rovers fan. I don't like that favourite tag, if I'm honest. Um, what was noticeable about their squad numbers in it one to thirteen, basically, you know, it just shows you that we've got a lot more depth now in our squad than we have had for a few years. You know, if you look at our 27, 28 squad numbers, stuff like that. There's are like 1 to 13, aren't they? So, realistically, they're at full strength, allegedly, cap-wise, aren't they? But I think if we can repel them forwards in the first 20 minutes and move them around a little bit, I think we can go on and win the game and hopefully say bye-bye to them for the next 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, thanks, Joseph Dawson, for joining us on, on YouTube. He, he says, tend to think FC uh, are at their worst when they're wound up, getting Grubb and Connor to lose their heads. Anyone in the Rover squad prepared to get under the skin of FC? Is it is there anyone in the in the squad who's like that? Do you reckon, James, or or do we let the rugby do the talking and that winds up the opposition? Uh, I, I don't think there is to be honest. I think I think we do just let the let, let the rugby do the talking and let the opposition get wound up by us letting the rugby do the talking. You know, I don't think that's the way you know the best way it is. Because yeah. you've got, you know, if you've got a few hotheads in your team, then chances are they're going to do something stupid. You know, you look at, you know, talk about Connor. As Steve said, he can be brilliant one minute and do some, some something stupid the next, and that puts the whole team at a disadvantage. But no, just just let the rugby do the talking. Let let Hull worry about Rovers. Don't don't need to wind them up. Just let the rugby do the talking. Yeah, and Carl, uh, he's, he took the words out of my mouth. But uh, Finley Clark just said Corbin Sims. 
Uh, <laughs> if he does play on Friday, the last thing we need is, is him running around like an headless chicken trying to smash into anyone. Um, because, um, you know, a man of his experience should be able to, to play a game like this, shouldn't he? Um, yeah. um, whether he's in the side at all, we don't know yet, do we? Because obviously, Tony Smith went with Greg Richards. Uh, what did you make of Greg Richards' display on Friday, Craig? Um, to be honest, I, I think I've said a couple of times now, I, I was never his biggest fan, but you know what? He, his work rate, it was there to be seen on um, on Friday. I thought he put himself about. He's not going to be the strongest ball carrier. Uh, so I'd like, to, I'd like to see him used in a different way when attacking. But defensively, I, I think he's, you know, he's getting stuck in. He, he's not the biggest of, biggest of players either. But yeah, he, he puts his body on his line and I thought he did well defensively on Friday. Yeah, and uh, thanks to Matt Charles from N. Charles Bookmakers up in Bridlington, and he sent through some odds for me. And, um, you know, if we can't call it, you know, the bookies are, are doing a great job either because they've got Rovers at four to five outright, Hull FC are evens. If you go on the handicap, Hull FC are plus two at 10 to 11, Rovers 10 to 11 uh, with a tie at 16. And then if you go to the point margins, they're almost level as well. So, you know, I, I think it's a really difficult one to, to call, but. I think, um, you know, do you find, James, that when we play the derby, that no matter what's gone before, both teams stand an equal chance when they when they go over that whitewash and onto the pitch? Yeah, they do. I mean, like Mark said, I don't think anybody really looks forward to them deep down. I, I absolutely hate them. Um, and, you know, I've been to a game of derbies when we've been the favourites and we've got battered. Been when Hull have been the favourites, we've battered them. It, it's just, it's just, you know, it's a cliche, but it's, it is just what happens on the day. And I always go with the attitude or the thought beforehand, expecting the worst. So if we do, in the, in the event we do, but get beat, you know, I'm not too disappointed. But if we win, I'm absolutely elated. So yeah, it's yeah, enjoy, enjoy rather than enjoy. Yeah, Marking, exactly. Yeah, it's not just the entertainment on the pitch, is it? Obviously, the ratings are performing. Are you looking forward to seeing them, Mark? Yeah, I've actually picked some up over the last couple of three months, really. That's a couple of tunes and it's really quality, isn't it? A bit like Arctic Monkeys-esque, isn't it, really? So even a man of my certain age, I do actually admire it. <laughs> throwing some shapes after a couple of flat laggers, you know what I mean? So, yes. Yeah. Fantastic album reveal there you got, Mark. They should put that maybe on their... Uh, on oh, the maybe, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think, I think one of the features about Rovers is now is it is about that match day experience, isn't it? It's not just purely about the 80 minutes of rugby. Obviously, the yeah. derby itself doesn't need much selling, does it? But there's going to be a fantastic atmosphere on Friday. I think Craven Street's open from half past 10, alcohol served from 11. Um, the only thing I would say is that it goes flat as a pancake when you've lost on it. You know, I can't yeah. wait to get home. They're not letting Hull fans in, are they? It's no. Craven Street. No, no, I think Hull fans only, although... Games gone by. I've seen. Uh, I've seen all fans in the East End, even you know, which is crazy. You know, I'd never yeah. get rid on that. And don't know how that's allowed to happen, and who's brave yeah. enough to do that? But Carl, it's a uh, Friday Friday afternoon. Rugby league at Craven Park. The sun should be shining. It's the whole derby sellout crowd. The ratings performing. It's going to be a good day out, isn't it? Yeah. You can't hear him, but he's saying, yeah, it's going to be brilliant, especially because I'm going with you. That's, That's what he just said. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, it's set to be a really fantastic afternoon of rugby league. And um, before, I'm not going to put you on the spot for predictions because it's the hardest game of all to call. But but Craig, when you look at our predicted starting lineup, this is a chance where you can make a name for yourself. We've seen it with Jimmy Carnos in the past, haven't we? You know, he scores a last-minute yeah. try goes down in Rovers folklore and it's an opportunity for somebody else to, to make a name for themselves. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it'll be past Mincella or Coop. I, I think them three there, the, the game winners, you, you know, we get on the front foot, we get a few tries past them early. I think they lose their heads and Rovers again, like James was saying earlier, let, do, let the rugby do the talking. But I think one of them three, uh, you know, match winner there. Yeah, I've not seen. Has anyone seen who the the, the referee is for for Friday yet? I've not seen Child, him. James Child, James Child. So that'll Phil, be Phil on the video. Yeah, Ben Phil on the video. I've not seen much of Ben Phil actually refereeing games this season. I don't... Uh, it's been the championship, haven't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. Let's put some timber on, I think, can I? Let's put some yeah. timber on. Yeah. <laughs> but no, lads. Thanks for joining me. A special uh, huge thank you to to Steve. I know he was a he was a bit 
uh, perturbed about coming on and speaking about Hull. <laughs> like I said, thank you to Craig, Mark, James and Cal for joining me on this week's Red Robin podcast, which is, of course, powered by 360 Chartered Accountants. Um, before we sign off, lads, what, what are your plans for Friday? How are you going to be taking in the game? Um, I'm going to, with the spoons at Nan in town, which is ridiculous, going from Eastall to town to come back into <laughs> Eastall. Minimal sword at quarter to 11, because there's no, we need a Witherspoons where Crown used to be, really, don't we? In fairness, in East Hull. So, and then getting to Rovers about 11 o'clock, go straight to Craven Street, I think, because usually good to Red Hill. So, that's my uh, pre match. Yeah, what about you, Craig? Yeah, I'm getting to Craven Street for actually half past 10. I'll be in that BQ. I'll, I'll be so nervous. I'll, I'll have the shakes and everything. So, uh, yeah, half 10 at Craven Street and just waiting for the for the bar to open. And James, is, is it a case of uh, just trying to kill as much time as possible in the lead-up to kick-off? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I drive to every game anyway, so I don't really have a drink, but uh, I just, just be trying to calm the nerves and just not yeah. try not to think about it. Yeah, well, it's, everything is set for a fantastic afternoon of Rugby League on Friday. And remember, we can all play our part in roaring the boys to victory. And don't forget, East Hall Boys as an upstairs and sells budgies. 